2: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris Paul, and who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not going to say it, that sounds too good. No, let's get uh, if roll no, on, no, 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 no. <laughs> if
1: the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am Ty Windish joined basically for our second emergency podcast in... Twenty four hours or so, just just under twenty-four hours. Rohan Cottie, the uh the frazzled, and Rohan, it is coping time. I want to do a little music with the the uh episode title today because oh, man. the Milwaukee Bucks have not officially hired Doc Rivers. They haven't put out a statement yet, but the reports are that he has agreed to terms to be the Bucks' new head coach on a quote unquote lucrative contract going forward. So we have much to discuss. We have some assistant coaching news, other slop. We have trade slop. That'll be fun. You'll enjoy that. Jake Fisher, some interesting nuggets that we can go over later. But first and foremost, Rohan, day one of the Doc Rivers world. As a Marquette man, how's it going?
2: I've been better, Ty. <laughs> <I've> been, <laughs> have you? I've been better, yeah. I mean, maybe not because we've done three pods in three days. And That's all better pods, than that. So. Exactly. Exactly. What's better than what's better than Buck's content? You know, <laughs> like,
1: they're giving uh, us a lot content. to talk about. I'll tell, you, I mean, I'll, tell, gotta, I'll tell you
2: that much. It's good content. We're not bored. Um, no, we are certainly not bored, but it's uh, it's been a whirlwind. We thought maybe it was confirmed. Uh, what is this today? CNN. Wednesday, Tuesday night. CNN. Uh, what? And then they uh, they put out a statement saying that they yeah we we back this story. But it was just strange because we had no woe, shams, Chris Haynes reports. And then we finally got those confirmations uh, early today on Wednesday that it will indeed be Doc Rivers as the doctor the coach is in. of the mill. One doctor out, another one in.
1: Yeah. I feel like as a not actually doctor doctor and a Marquette man, you and Doc Rivers, I think I have more common ground than you care
2: to admit, Rohan. What are you doing? What <laughs> you're, you're trying to you're trying to get me on this on this Doc Rivers train? You don't have a choice, and I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice because he will be the uh, next coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll dive into it probably for the foreseeable future. <laughs> We've got a lot based of on, Doc based to discuss. On- yeah, but Doc Rivers, we we had talked about on yesterday's pod uh, about the the coaching yep. change. That yeah, it was probably going to be Doc, but we were holding out hope maybe it could be a Kenny Atkinson. Uh, that never came to fruition. We got additional reporting yesterday that their short list of coaches included Stan Van Gundy and Nate McMillan. I believe that was uh, via Chris Haynes. I and think that, that, that made was... me.
1: Uh, that was like to. It was smart to put make Doc look better by comparison. I think that was a calculated list that was put out.
2: It, it very much was a calculated list that was put out. But at the end of the day, Doc Rivers, who again just has been informally consulting with the Bucks for a while now, apparently, yeah, uh, is is the new is going to be the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Joe Prunty might get one game as interim, if that. So he, he might – he'll probably get one game considering we're recording just before 2 o'clock. The game starts at 7 and the Bucks have not put out an official statement, which means he has not officially been hired. Yeah. Uh,
1: if, so. But if he gets hired ahead of the 5, 15 or whatever it is press conference and he's there, like why not? Like is, is a day and a half going to be better to coach Friday than just coaching today on Wednesday?
2: I don't know, I mean, man. Most I don't know how this, this after works. the
1: game, So it, doesn't, it probably doesn't matter anyway. We'll see what happens. I, it's pro- I actually, I think it's a coin flip if he or Prunty coaches. To be honest, obviously, if they don't officially hire him, it, it won't be him. Um, but like, does it? I don't, I don't know if it really matters that much. To be honest, um, yeah. So we've got Glenn Doc Rivers as the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. We've got some other news from, and now every time I get a notification, I'm, I'm jumpy. I just, I feel like anything could happen at this point. Um, so any, here- any,
2: literally anything could happen.
1: This is from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. After a brief courtship, that's one way to put it. It's been like eight hours. Uh, Doc Rivers has reached an agreement in principle to become the next coach of the Milwaukee Buck. ESPN sources – or sources told ESPN on Wednesday. Uh, ESPN NBA analyst who most recently led the Sixers to three consecutive trips to the Eastern Conference semifinals uh, was the top target right away after the dismissal of Adrian Griffin. The two sides negotiated deep into Tuesday night and Wednesday morning before reaching agreement on a deal. So it sounds like the terms or whatever are done. And I think it was someone else reported lucrative deal. They still haven't said how long, which I think is probably the more interesting either way. But Doc is securing a big bag to walk away from another big bag of ESPN, which is we also know is an easier lifestyle uh, for coaches as well. Um, said John Horace planned to pursue him based on his accomplishments and, av- and availability. That's a crucial
2: uh, part of this as well. <laughs> Just make sure that's in there because, you know, it's a mid-season coaching hire. It's, you, a, you, it's you an important take, skill.
1: Yeah. Availabil- uh, availability is, uh, is vital. Um, the Bucks believe Rivers' history of coaching star tandems makes him uniquely suited to maximizing Giannis and Dame, which I do, I mean, that is probably the, red- the worst part about if you go for a like a Kenny Atkinson or someone of that ilk. I mean, Kenny Atkinson coached a star duo and it went very poorly for Kenny Atkinson. And even if I uh, like us, you agree, he would be a better coach. And I think it would go better for him than it went for him. It would go better for him in Milwaukee than it did in Brooklyn. He did get fired because he just couldn't get along with those two guys enough and he wouldn't play their buddy, which fair or not.
2: Because he, he wanted to start Nick, Nick Claxton over DeAndre Jordan. Correct. Crazy. What a concept. Listen,
1: there's got to be give and take with a star duo. You either have to get them on board or make some sacrifices, and I guess Doc knows how to do that. Uh, Another news item, one high-level assistant coach under consideration to join Rivers in Milwaukee is Dave Yeager, former head coach of the Grizzlies and Kings, who is, I think, a pretty well-respected coach, has had success at both of those stops, which is Crazy considering the state of both of those stops before he had been there. The Grizz had been okay for a little bit, but had pretty good success with the Kings too. He also spent three years with Doc in Philly. So that is a connection there. Feels like it's pretty likely he shows up. I I believe the report was Horst and Doc and the rest of the Bucks executive staff will work together on the existing coaches. So we could see some more changes with who is on the bench aside Doc in the not too distant future here.
2: We also have a report from Chris Haynes saying, yeah, they'll work together on coaching staff personnel with the expectation of adding to an already great group of coaches. So it'll likely be additions and not, you know, assistant coaches leaving, which is something that we had a question about um, on yesterday's pod is whether the entire assistant coaching staff is going to be retained or not. It looks like they will be. Do you think Pronti is playing hardball?
1: Like, let me coach the game or I'm going to go. No. I would if I were him. Get aggressive. Let me coach one game. I'm coaching the game tonight or you find a new leader and they go, okay, we'll have Patrick Matumbo." Okay, never mind. Fine. It's got to be fun to be an interim head coach for at least a game.
2: I mean, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I really don't. Would you want to do it for I, one I, game? i mean yeah for one yeah, game of course
1: then you do know the answer is yes everyone would yeah. want to for one That's a, game but
2: but joe prunty joe prunty's done it before though twice. oh yeah
1: yeah i'm sure he had fun in both milwaukee times. and atlanta um uh,
2: but that remains to be seen again you guys are probably listening to this after this game so you guys will know and yeah. uh but yeah it looks like the existing coaching staff will stay you know patrick mutombo sydney dobner all these joe prunty all these fun fun characters. Uh, DJ Baker they, it looks like they'll yeah Josh Oppenheimer always classic always but it looks like those guys will stay which is good you you yeah. want to have some sort of continuity uh it's it's important to have continuity because again Doc Rivers is coming into a situation where even though he's been consulting which is crazy. Uh it still remains insane to me. We
1: haven't got any more info uh, on that. By the way, we no, on. And Maybe I need I need will. everything. everything. I need
2: I need all of the I need all of the information I mean, Doc about it. I need everything to media soon as a
1: Bucks head coach. It still hasn't totally sunk in on me yet. It's Doc Rivers. Oh my god.
2: Doc around the clock. But it's important to keep some level of continuity because again, Doc Rivers is coming in mid-season. You don't want to like completely mess up everyone's like training schedules or their regimens uh what, their workout routines with existing assistant coaches so that's more of a thing that'll happen in the off season rather than currently again depending yeah. on the length of the contract and all that fun and, stuff and just but, how
1: things go this year i mean that's going to be probably even the most important factor
2: for sure for sure how things go this year is important and we're gonna get to see it in full like this weekend they this play three week- games in four yeah. nights yeah uh so interesting times all around But, yeah, Dave Yeager joining the staff, that's good. That's a good addition, especially a guy, like you mentioned, is well-respected. He's been around a lot of different coaching staffs. He has familiarity with Doc Rivers, which is good. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. I just – I've accepted it. I've embraced the Doc Rivers world. I'm not completely there yet. I'm there. I kept with it yesterday. I I still haven't. Coped with it, <laughs> yeah. Um, I that that elusive CNN report really made me question. Like, ooh, is there a, is there a chance here? <laughs> is there, I, there a chance I, that I've, someone else?
1: I I thought that like five percent of me, but the rest of me was just like, even if they don't have it, like we all know this is going to happen, and that's probably why they were like, no, we we're very confident in our reporting because every I think we all kind of knew.
2: Yeah, it was going to be Doc, and it looks like it will be Doc, but. Yeah. Doc Rivers, the next coach, of the Milwaukee Bucks, a uh, lucrative contract. We can probably talk about that and what that yeah. means. One thing that we had touched on on the last episode was if you hire whoever you hired, it, like it's it's Doc now, but it's like even, even whoever it was, regardless, you have to reevaluate at the end of the season. Yep. Considering this is a rushed hire, you could not do a full extensive search. You could not, you know, get your wide list of candidates uh, that you would have liked to interview. You couldn't do just a full thorough process because again, you're in the middle. Of, you're in the middle of the season. Doc Rivers was available. He's a veteran coach. He's available, and that's the basically the entire reason he's the coach of the Bucks right now. I believe that if it is a lucrative deal, it has to be more than one year. It has to. Like we so. we had we had pondered that maybe it's like a one year deal, so you can like reevaluate at the end of the season and go from there. Yeah. But if it's an expensive contract that's multiple years, while the Bucks are going to be paying three coaches' salaries at the same time as they are going to be right now—Mike Budenholzer, Adrian Griffin, and now Doc Rivers—yeah, I know, I know. Jimmy has a Jimmy Haslam has a lot of money. They're I know all it. these guys have a lot of money. They're spending it. Credit to them, they're spending it. I don't know if they're going to want to spend any. Like, yeah. if they're going to add a fourth coach to that. <laughs> Well, so, the thing I've been
1: pondering with Doc, we all have seen the graphics, all the blown leads, and everything else. I still wonder how much of that really has to do with Doc.
2: If we're being I mean, honest, you, you, if we're being honest, not all of it has to do with Doc because not everything that happens on a basketball court is because of coaching. Yeah, it's an entire system. It's it's the col- it's the collective collaborative effort of the players, the coaching staff, the head coach. And the front office, everyone, uh, the video coordinators, the trainers, everything. Especially everyone. the players. It's one collective system. Especially the players. Especially the players. Somebody, somebody the tweeted players.
1: at me and said, the players are going to have to step up and win now. They've put themselves in this situation. And I didn't, I just, I, you know, there's been too many tweets to reply to them all. But I was like, as opposed to other, are there any other coach where the players didn't have to do it. Like, of course it comes down to the players. That's the most important thing. That's always been the most
2: important thing. Yeah. No, that's fair. But we have seen Doc struggle with, like, playoff rotations and stuff yeah. like that, which is clearly a coach that thing. Is. Uh, and failure to really recognize situations where teams are taking advantage, in, which is what happens when you blow big leads in the playoffs. Is, Ooh, Marjan
1: you know, Bochamp assigned to the herd tonight.
2: Interesting. That's very, very
1: interesting. interesting. So That's very interesting. We, we had talked about, would Marjan play more? Was, it, was there something between Marjan and Adrian Griffin? apparently not apparently his role is not going to change very much at least immediately uh we still don't know if it'll be joe prunty or doc rivers but either way you know we can put to bed the theory of like maybe marjan was just in griffin's doghouse and that's the reason he's not playing not i mean we don't know if he's in a doghouse or what but assigned to the herd with
2: it may maybe he's in joe prunty's doghouse
1: yeah or just the org i mean i don't i don't know that is that is so we can put that theory to bed.
2: Very interesting. We can we can yeah. put to bed Is that it's it?
1: like Griffin was the only thing standing between the between Marjan and rotational minutes.
2: Yeah, very interesting, especially with the trade deadline coming up. The um,
1: Birmingham Squadron are in town again. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of like the NBA, a lot of two game series. Yeah.
2: Fair enough. It's a long you bus ride that, to Birmingham. Yeah yeah that's fair i don't know
1: if they fly they might fly that's i was gonna say i was gonna say they probably
2: they probably Yeah. yeah they probably fly uh interesting uh interesting tidbit thank you for pointing that out yeah but yeah it's just it's it's a it's a crazy concept to me it's not really fully one that's set in yeah and but going getting back to what we were talking about the lucrative part of this contract probably means that it's going to be doc rivers for at least another year I agree at with least you. yeah unless i mean unless, unless something things... unless there's like a catastrophic yeah. thing that happens. yeah unless like unless Giannis says i will not play for doc rivers <laughs> which which, just i don't think is in his character no I think but i'm saying like that's that's be what it would
1: horribly take. bad i would be pretty surprised if he's not the coach next year
2: too yeah, going into next season, he would be he's going to be the head coach. Like I I would be monumentally shocked if anything else happened. Yeah. So again, that's one of the consequences of having to conduct a coaching search mid-season uh is that you position yourself in this way where you're in a situation where your head coach that you sign mid-season is going to be the guy who's there for a foreseeable future. And due to availability, whether they actually fully believed in him or anything like if they if they were able to conduct a high like a normal coaching search during the off season, I don't think it would be Doc Rivers.
1: No, I don't Do agree think so. With either. Yeah, I don't think it would be.
2: It would not be Doc Rivers, but because of this situation, now you um, have Doc Rivers and he's
1: honestly so if they fire Griffin after this year, I think there would be a shot it could still be Doc if nobody else hired
2: him. I think there's a shot. I don't think it's as guaranteed as it was now. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, they didn't really have any real options. I mean, the thing, they clearly want to do this fast. And anyone who's working, Scott Brooks, Kenny Atkinson, anyone working for another team, it's just going to be slower. I mean, you have to reach out to the team. You can't just reach out to the coach. You have to negotiate with them. I don't know if you have to – I don't think like did – did the Wolves trade anything Toronto to Hio Finch? I don't think you have to trade for an assistant coach. I don't, but, I don't but think there's, so. just, there's an extra layer of – red tape and complications when clearly, like, the Bucks didn't just want to get someone in place, like, by All-Star. They got someone in place within 24 hours of officially firing Griffin. Like, they wanted this, I mean, not yet, but basically. Um, they wanted this to be happening now. And I just think, yeah, there were probably not really any other options besides someone like Doc, who was just available. I do think they probably would have always gone with someone who had an extensive history after Griffin. I don't think – and maybe – I'm not saying that rules out Kenny Atkinson for sure or someone like that. But I don't think it would be another first-time head coach after that. I think this went too bad. No. Uh, and Absolutely this is, this not. Was, this was the worst-case scenario really.
2: We didn't think they were going to go for a first-time head coach this past offseason when they hired Adrian Griffin. We yeah. thought they're in such a situation now with firing Mike Budenholzer with a title-ready team that you can't take a risk like that. And I guess we were kind of proven right in that. Yeah. but. It's it's an unfortunate situation for Adrian Griffin, but it's – we didn't think they were going to do that in the first place. And especially when you take that initial risk and it doesn't work out in your favor whatsoever, there's zero, zero percent chance that they would hire someone who's never been a head coach in the NBA. Correct.
1: Uh, I believe I read that over the last couple of weeks, John Horst and assistant GM or I might be even the title wrong exactly, but basically that. Milt Newton. Milt Newton. Yeah, We're sitting in on like practices and stuff carefully watching how Griffin was doing. I mean, I think the writing was on the wall. So I've seen an idea of like, did, did Doc force out Adrian Griffin to get the job? I don't think he had to do that. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, I don't I, like, think I've he seen some like, either. oh, is
1: this, is this shady by Doc? I, I think. I mean, I, him being around I mean, we, we exacerbated it. We don't know, but...
2: Exactly. Exactly. We don't know. Something could have happened behind the scenes. We we genuinely will. We, we don't know. But I don't that agree with the idea reports.
1: that I don't think Doc got Adrian Griffin fired.
2: I mean, we can't say he did or he
1: didn't. I feel pretty confident that he didn't. With all the stuff that's okay, coming out that's about... relate, this I'm not reporting this, but just reading, you know, the players were unhappy with the defense. Dame was unhappy. It seems like not directly, but is unhappy with his role in the offense. The defense is scrambled. It's not executing right. They got blown out in front of the new owner, which was bad. Um, Giannis had the quotes about defense. Giannis is drawing up a play on the sideline. Like, I don't think all of this happens. And then it's just like somehow Doc maneuvers his way in from this advisory role and like is the one who said you have to get rid of Adrian Griffin. I don't think. That's just my yeah, that's personal that's
2: – That's very valid.
1: Per- I've just seen this idea that like Doc is – Coming in as a snake, I think Doc was right place, right time for sure, and has been opportunistic oh, about he this. Posi-
2: he, he positioned himself well. Yeah, but this, also like I, sure.
1: I, I don't think if like if Doc does says no, I think they still might move on, and probably do. I don't know who yeah, Joe Monti for the rest of the year. I don't know.
2: Yeah, maybe then you conduct like a little bit of a longer search. Who knows? Yeah, but do those interviews no, with I, Kenny I,
1: Atkinson, Scott Brooks, someone of that nature.
2: Mm-hmm. But who knows? We'll we'll, we'll never know because that's not the situation. The situation is that yeah. it is Doc Rivers. He is the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, bringing in probably again. It's not official or nothing, but after we can pretty safely assume that one guy who's going to be coming is probably Dave Yeager. Yeah, and. Here we are, Ty. Here we are. So, this is, you said it's coping time. Yeah. Give me the, give me the full optimistic look. At so, this.
1: I've got this. actually, someone, someone helped me out here. Jordan Christmas, who provides great tweets. You should follow him at Jordan underscore Xmas. Uh, he is a Sixers fan, is based uh, out in California. But this is what he's, he replied to me on, on Twitter. And I thought this was a, I thought this was a good little rundown. So, this starts with as a certified doc hater. So, this is not, a pro doc bias uh breakdown from Jordan. But as a certified doc hater, I will give him these redeeming qualities. One, he'll have a good plan A for the personnel he has. Beyond that, he people beyond that, and then like the blue, icy, like cringe face. So not, not a good plan B. But just to riff off that number one point, I mean the Bucks haven't really had a good plan A this season. So that that is probably actually better, unfortunately. Uh, two vets will actually respect him jordan put unlike with griffin i think that's probably valid too like i think for all the you know online jokes about doc and everything i do think in the actual nba community he is well respected and would imagine that players will be on the same page more uh three is good at giving other players a condensed role i'm gonna be that's one i'm gonna really gonna track like how does someone like pat Connaughton's role change like is he going to get thrust back into big minutes after kind of losing them with his play? Or you know how much will those things be factored in? I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see how the rotation changes or if it does under Doc versus before. Obviously, he had some insight or some communication with Griffin and the team in the last month. So maybe he's been on board with these things. Maybe he doesn't have an opinion. We'll, we'll find out. He will certainly get one. And then four is some all-time media moments. And that's just a fun one for us. So that is the from a certified Doc Hater optimistic case for Doc Rivers. So what are your thoughts on those four points, Rohan?
2: I mean, it's fair. Like those are all valid points. I'm not trying to come out here and say, like, oh yeah, Doc Rivers is going to tank this franchise. It's it's the ultimately wrong hire. I'm just I'm disappointed that it had to happen this way. I'm very like, I'm I'm more I'm more just upset that. There's been circumstances that's leading to Doc Rivers being the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: Yeah. I Doc Rivers
2: that. himself in a vacuum, like as just the head coach of the Bucks. I mean, he's going to raise the floor of this team. Yeah, 100%. Because uh, like you mentioned, like the first the first point you mentioned about having like just a base, the Bucks have been searching all year for a base, mostly on defense, on offense too, but mostly on defense, Just, just some sort of base scheme that they can really rely upon. They've been searching. They've been searching halfway through the season. And they've been coming up empty, really. And Doc Rivers, uh, whether for good or for ill in this situation, is going to have a base defense. They're going to have base schemes that they really uh, rely upon because he has 24 years of coaching experience in the NBA. He's uh, he He knows his way around. He's not trying to learn on the job like Adrian Griffin was. He's he's been around this. He's done this rodeo for a long time. Some might say too long of a time, but he's he's done it and he's been there. So having a base defense base offense like schemes you can rely upon is really, really good Um, in terms of like being able to condense guys roles. That's also something that I that caught my ear when you said that in that. Like, what do you do with a guy like a Pat Conson? What if, if trades happen, what do you do with a guy like an A.J. Green or Malik a Marjan Beasley. Bochamp or Malik Beasley? Are you able to really, like, turn these guys into specialists? Do you want that? I, is that a I good know, thing? Is that a bad thing? I know J.J. Redick,
1: I think, has said Doc would tell him before a series, like, you're just going to stand in the corner of this series. So I wonder if Malik Beasley is going to hear that at some point.
2: Is that the worst thing in the world? No. We'll we'll find out. We'll find out. That's the thing. We're going to find out whether these things are good and bad. One thing I I will say I will trust Doc Rivers on is that he's going to be able to realize what works and what doesn't quicker than Adrian Griffin because he just has that much more experience working with different types of players. If we we look at these eras of Doc Rivers basketball, you want to go back to the let's let's start with the celtics to be to to be easier if you if you start with the celtics you have that uh ag Ball pierce ray allen rondo team that wins the title goes to the finals again and they just it's a completely different sport like i was talking about yesterday it's a it's a, just a different sport of basketball yeah, doc entirely and,
1: doc and tibbs i think like redefined nba defense and yeah. that core
2: they did. They Tibbs did. is the assistant, the uh, defensive
1: assistant, before he got the Bulls' job.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's the reason he got the Bulls' job mm-hmm. is because of he was the architect of that defense. But that's not really a comparable era to what it is now, especially with this Bucks team. You go to those Clipper days, like that's a different brand of basketball. Like comparing Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin to that Celtics core, it's very different. Yeah. But they made it work. They were able to get wins and then you transition from that to the Kawhi Leonard Paul George era and you even have that era in between where you trade Blake you trade CP uh Deandre Signs uh where did he sign the where did he go first Mavs did he go oh, to the Mavs did he actually go
1: to the Mavs i don't remember he might have i uh yeah no that was I'm um, thought Javale did i not it doesn't matter he went somewhere else yeah
2: but you you have that era where it's like Lou Will Montrez Harrell uh, no, actually, they rookie year SGA and they were good. Yeah, they they were, were a good team. team. He was able to maximize roles. And then you transition to one year of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, again, completely different than any of the uh, players that we had mentioned earlier, those groups that we had mentioned earlier and didn't really work out well for him. Yeah. And then you transition to uh, the Philadelphia 76ers and you get a, a Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid team uh very very different uh was that was that the Jimmy Butler year uh I feel like no Brett
1: that was 2019 was that was still, 2019 I think Brett Brown was yeah that was still Brett Brown for, that was Brett yeah. Brown
2: yeah because uh yeah that was 2019 so in uh 2020 when he starts with the Sixers you have Tobias Harris you have Joel Embiid you have Ben Simmons again very different team than what they are now uh And again, you go through the Harden era too. And I have, uh, I mean, he wasn't there for the post Harden era. Yeah. But just my point overall is that there have been so, so many different iterations of basketball teams that he has coached and they've all played very different. Yeah. So I have, I'm confident in Doc Rivers' ability to really take this group and mold it into something because this is a group without an identity they don't know who they are they don't know what they're going to be how they're supposed to be playing on either end of the court doc rivers will turn them into something is that something going to be a title winning team maybe maybe who's to say they have the talent to do so they definitely have the talent to do so yeah is he I, going to turn them into a title winning team maybe can is he going to turn them into something absolutely which is what they did not have
1: i think the with doc it almost feels like He will put the players in a position to win series, but like he he's not gonna make probably the dynamic adjustment that he's not gonna do something like Spo would do, right? Like you're not gonna see all these different adjustments. I think the Bucks, kind of funnily enough, like they were for a lot of the time under Mike Budenholzer, are going to have a mode and they're just gonna play that mode. But the difference is, of course, like I I think offensively, and if their mode is good enough, they probably won't need to defer from it that much. They have Damon, exactly. Now. Like that is a exactly. huge, a huge advantage.
2: It's, it's. I almost feel like going from Bud to Rivers is a lateral move. I like think you, it's in it's, the same
1: bracket for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I almost feel like there's no dis. Like, obviously, there's going to be a lot of discernible differences. Yeah. But in terms of like your overall tier as a coach and what this coach is going to prepare you for, I don't feel like. It's a crazy jump in either direction I agree. between Bud and Rivers. So, one thing that we really uh, were able to go and see in the Mike Budenholzer era was that a lot of the times the problem was that the offense would bog down. The mm. offense would bog down. You have the talent now where it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really doesn't. If you want to look at this Bucks team that's 33 and 10, 30 and 13, yeah. excuse me, not 33 and 10, uh, that hasn't had an identity on offense they've been one of the most potent offenses in the league so if you're if you're able to just have some sort of base and maybe improve a little upon it it won't really matter like if you if you put dame if you had this team and mike budenholzer was the coach i would feel the same way i would feel that yeah this team should win a title
1: that's why it's been easy Even for me with to it. cope because that's a pretty good place Even to be it.
2: It, it's a very it's a very good place to be. But the my my entire thing is like the process that got us here a, a total in mess. the sense that an absolute debacle. it's a, it's it's an absolute it's a, it's a disaster. Yeah. You you have like this coach in Mike Budenholzer. and again, a lot of things change. You don't know you're getting Damian Lillard. No. Nope. You don't. No clue. You have this you have this series where you get absolutely embarrassed in the playoffs. And sure Giannis was hurt, you still got embarrassed. You yeah. got embarrassed. Something had to give. Absolutely something had to change. What's something? They didn't know they were going to get Dame. Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez were free agents. So your only real moves are involving Drew Holiday or Giannis. You're not touching Giannis. Uh, So what are you going to do with Drew Holiday? And again, where's that upgrade coming? They did not know that they were going to get the Dame trade request. They did not know that they were going to be a team that Dame wanted to go to. They didn't know that they were going to be able to get this deal done when they fired Mike Budenholzer. So you make that decision to fire Mike Budenholzer and you get this team now where it's even constructed before the Dame trade to be more offense heavy. You let some of your defensive players go. Obviously, Drew's part of the trade. You don't really replace him as a perimeter defender. You let Wes Matthews walk and go to Atlanta. You Javon. have all of these. Javon. You let Javon go and sign with the Bulls. Know it, like you're, you're letting these guys go and bringing in more offensive-minded players. Like you're bringing in Malik Beasley, like you're you're bringing in these types of guys, uh, to really be offensive weapons for this team, and you you rely on oh yeah Drew Holiday will clean all this up. You make the Dame trade. I almost feel like I I know we've we've talked privately about this, mm-hmm. but I, I want to bring this up. If the Bucks knew that they had a Damian Lillard trade, I don't think they would have fired Mike Budenholzer.
1: I think they might have gone a different direction with their coaching search, but I still think they would have. I just feel like sometimes the time comes.
2: It's like sometimes really the
1: time rare. does come, and it's we had really a- rare for a coach to last more than the five years Bud was resided at the helm of the Bucks.
2: Especially considering we got a bunch of stuff afterwards about yeah. like Giannis and his relationship with that's probably true. Maybe they go a different direction, Maybe but they I think they go it's, with a it's, more, there's
1: a more sure thing coach.
2: I think I there's know. a conversation about keeping him. Maybe. Yeah. I think there's I think there's discussion about like hey, like cuz I mentioned something had to change after the series. It was either going to be Bud Drew or Giannis. Yeah. And if it's Drew, maybe you have that conversation about hey, maybe we keep my boot it. But again, it's it, it, all of this to say is it feels sort of like a lateral move when you wanted to have an upgrade and you didn't get. Yeah. You went through all of this process. You went through now th- your third coach in a year to not upgrade to not really make a sizable like uh you know addition to your coaching staff like i think I, that's I don't always think the risk that... though it is the risk and like again credit to the front office it didn't work with adrian griffin they made the decision and they immediately went and got someone who can sort of replicate what they were at which yeah. is like fine but you go through this entire you you frankly get embarrassed again, like throughout this entire process, and you you put on this it's it's a debacle that the world is watching just for you to make essentially a lateral move. Yeah,
1: but which is now we're here, so we have more insight. Now we're on here. What, we have more insight on what Doc might want to do. Uh, Nathan Marzion, who I think everyone who listens to Andy Bucks podcast already knows about, but you can follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion compiled. His docs, Bucks takes on the Bill Simmons podcast. But, but Doc has been going on Bill Simmons and said a lot about the Bucks, and these are interesting to look at now because he's going to be coaching the team. So we'll go through these bullet points. One, this is a finals team; they'll figure it out, but it will take time. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Doc has not been anti.
2: He was like, "I got, I got to be a consultant for a little while yeah, longer." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, first and foremost, have to figure out how to play with Giannis and Dame, of course. Uh, first two, relatively uninteresting. Number three, needs to do more Dame Giannis two-man game with Giannis used more as a screener, roller, and a straight line driver. So this is obviously something that has been a big topic of conversation around the Bucks since the preseason, since the first time we saw Giannis and Dame play. And it's been a topic of combo since they made the trade, the pick and roll itself, but the frequency with which they roll has been a combo all year long, and it sure seems like we are going to be seeing more of that going forward which again I don't want it to totally dominate the offense but I do think that it's a good idea to run that play more and to make sure that that is mastered by not just Giannis and Dame, but everyone moving around that action going forward because that is that's that should be the base of that's going to be their best play that's going to be maybe the best offensive play in the league right now right I mean that's that's the upside of it um, so I don't see any issue with that. Uh, at times, ball could be thrown ahead more to Dame and should play more through Dame. Again, sure. Like that, that works. No problem with Dame having the ball more. Being better offensively will help the defense. That's something we've been saying all year. And I, I agree. Playing the half court more, that'll make you a better defense by default. Giannis still has the ball a lot and is trying too hard sometimes to be a scorer. I hope we don't get to a spot where they're butting heads too much about this. because you can't totally take the ball away from Giannis. And we again, yeah, it's, uh, it's his team. He's the best player on the team. This, but it, they're also better off when he's rolling more. Not all the time. Not saying all the time, but more often than he has been.
2: More of more of a mix. Yeah, more of a mix.
1: When they play too much ISO ball, it's not good. And we saw that against Detroit. I think that's the reason they didn't pull away against Detroit in those games. Is they just kept, there was like someone goes down the floor in and ISOs, and then someone else does, and they're not running actions. They're not making great shots. Uh Giannis and Dame are not always playing to make each other better. Again, it's kind of just like the similar ideas. But yeah, I mean, I think my least favorite Bucks play is like Dame is Dame has the ball. Giannis comes up and doesn't actually screen him, just like moves around him and then gets the ball. It's like, why did we just give it to Giannis in the
2: first place then? We
1: didn't accomplish anything no, here.
2: It just wasted and wasted part of the shot clock. Yeah,
1: just just set the screen or do something else. Um, Dame almost trying too hard to fit in see this and I, I know some of these podcasts were earlier some of the Dame stuff feels like a little more of an early season problem than lately I mean I think I'll have the ball more but there were some games especially like a month plus ago where maybe before Doc made his influence felt uh, but Dame would be like off ball too much and like not even touching the ball multiple possessions that should not
0: happen
2: that feels like it was more of a a situation with Dame where he's like I don't want to disrupt too much yeah, like yeah, Chris, yeah. Brooke, and Giannis. They've been playing together for years. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to fit in the flow. Then he realized there is no flow. Then he was like, okay, I'm Damian Lillard. <laughs> I can fix this. I know what to yeah, do. And man. then he's like – And now, now we're sort of getting a better version, a more idealized version of Dame. Exactly. Uh,
1: need veteran guard help on the bench? I believe he actually just said Austin Rivers. Which is hilarious. Of course, that is his son. It's not included here, but I I so I'm not a hundred thousand percent sure, but I have seen multiple people say that he said it should be Austin Rivers. Which I mean fine. I How much we've, more? We've brought up Austin I Rivers mean, who, as a guy for before. who? Payne. Like, does it matter? Yeah. Fine. I've, Rivers might be a is better Cameron defender. payne.
2: Is Cameron Payne better than Austin Rivers right now? Maybe. That's, I'm saying maybe, yeah.
1: like I, I wouldn't if that's the nepotism that that's the only new nepotism. When's the last time Austin
2: Rivers played a basketball game? Last season, I think. No.
1: Maybe it was beyond it's, that. I thought it was last year he played for someone.
2: Oh, uh, he played for the Timberwolves, yeah.
1: Also a podcaster, so maybe we could do Austin Rivers, hit us up. We can do a little collab. If you come no, on that's the show, fair, yeah. If we if you come on the show, we'll endorse you. It doesn't mean anything, but something to carry with you. And then lastly, uh, he said, don't have that lockdown guard defensively. Dame just needs to be asked to be in the right spots on defense. I feel like that is definitely true. It's not really a That's
2: fair a and also has been happening. Yeah. It's it's more unlike Malik Beasley, Pat Combs and Chris Middleton, Cameron Payne. <laughs>
1: well, I, I would say the one thing schematically is – and this is something Eric Name wrote about today, how they could simplify their defense. Having Giannis switch out to the perimeter less and being around the basket more, even as a helper. Like, you'll see those possessions where Dame would be the one who rotates under the rim when Brooke leaves it's, a center. And it's like, okay, he lost. He's going to lose. No. He can't win that. <laughs> he would, he think he won two all year, like swiping the ball out. But that's not, that's not on Dame. Like,
2: there's, it's either four that or guards,
1: foul. There's four guards in the league who can roll over and contain a big man like that on the help. Dame is not one of those four guards. Trying to think of who the four guards are. Drew. SGA. Kyle Lowry. Harden. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Some some thick, some thick fellas. No, Lucas just wouldn't. That's fair. He can, though. He could, theoretically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not a lot of players who can do that. Dame is clearly, that's not, that's not what he does, which is fine. Um, but I would imagine we probably see less of those asks of Dame defensively
2: for sure for sure just more like simplify it the the problem like we've talked about is not necessarily like oh they're not doing a good job of hiding dame or malik beasley the problem is you're starting a backcourt of damian lillard malik beasley and you have chris middleton yeah the three yeah that's the issue that's not a coaching thing that's a roster thing
1: i do i would imagine they get less i i I feel like the other thing about this too that maybe we get the starting lineup change we maybe we do um but the other thing i was going to say that gives me confidence in this uh, working out well enough and to be clear that's my bar like doc rivers don't totally blow it i don't think he will totally blow it well maybe in the playoffs he does and i eat my words at least right now at least i think he'll get them on a better trajectory um because clearly with everything that's been coming out around griffin it they they were not and i mean uh, jim Ozarski reported like some of the good moments of the year the bucks would just like freelance what they were doing on the court And I read that and I was just like, oh my God, okay, yeah, we, okay. It was the right thing to do. Like these are the things that we could not have known, um, but that's obviously bad. Anyway, uh, I bet they go back to some things that they're more used to doing though. And obviously Doc, you know, is that distinguished coach. He will have his input, but I'm going to guess like, you know, bringing Brooke away from the rim is totally going to be gone. I'm going to guess blitzing and trapping probably goes away to a considerable extent. I'm gonna guess they're probably less aggressive on the offensive rebounds, which has sort of been scaled back. But like these ideas that just haven't really been working, I think are gonna go away, and we'll see how much impact they're gonna, that they're makes. gonna play
2: lower. They're just gonna yeah. play lower defensively. Like yeah. you're not gonna just be playing so so high, so aggressive, especially
1: because they're oh they bottom ten, bottom ten in turnover percentage forced. Probably, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure they're. In I mean, they're in the 20s on almost every defensive metric. Yeah. So
2: they're a bad defensive team. Yeah. So, there's going to be a lot of stuff with doc rivers where it's going to be like, yeah, like I think I'm think I'm coming to the point where it's like, yeah, he's absolutely going to raise the floor of this team. It's just one. I'm upset at the process and how it ended up at doc. Yeah. And two, who knows doc, my doc. Yeah, he might. There's, pl- there's plenty of evidence. Just look at the last like 10 years. Yeah. 20. 20,
1: yeah. Although there was one really good run in there.
2: There was. There was two. Two really
1: good runs. I would say, I think, and obviously this is after they the fact the finals. Copium. This is after the fact Copium, but again, like you wouldn't expect those teams that he coached to win the finals every year. You can say they underachieved in many of those years. I don't think all of them were on top. I know there were some injuries that cropped up, especially with the Clippers in those runs as well. I think KG like missed a series that they lost to the Magic when the Magic went to the finals. I was looking through... Someone did, like, the full Pro Doc Rivers propaganda thing, and there was some excuse for every year. But, like, the Hawks won. Like, Ben Simmons just dunks, and they win that.
2: Yeah. You I know? think the argument is, hey, you went to Game 7 against the Hawks. That's fair. Hawks went to Game 6 and against lost. them. Yeah, yeah they didn't honest, have the best honest. player. Yeah, <laughs> You know. Joel did, did, did the playing. Sixers
1: really have Ben Simmons in that series, though? They, they did, yeah. The real Ben Simmons.
2: They had Ben. I mean, that's more than you can ask for. It. Like any they, Ben Simmons was playing basketball. I'd can I'd count that as yeah. Ben Simmons was there, considering he hasn't played basketball in a while.
1: Well, yeah, so you get less Ben Simmons now. I just mean it was a different Ben Simmons than they saw the first couple of years in Philly. For sure. 100%. Anyway,
2: uh, we have trade slop too. Yeah, let's uh, get
1: to the slop it up. Slop it up. Jake Fisher wrote a big article. Uh, All about There's some coaching stuff in here too and some more details that is worth a full read. But uh, Milwaukee is exploring a range of options to improve its perimeter defense. According to league sources, Milwaukee has contacted various teams about what it could return with the second round pick it will receive from Portland, which currently stands at 45. To your point in a recent episode, Rohan, there are some front office figures who view that type of selection as more valuable or the equivalent of a late first rounder. Uh, because of the tax, tax implications, because it's not bound to a rookie scale contract. New York, as an example, dealt Detroit's 2024 second, projected at 31 to Toronto as part of its package for OG and Anobi instead of first round picks. No, that does not mean the Bucks will get an OG and Anobi for their second round pick, but there is real value there. And then here's the, the real meat of the slop. With their early second, the Bucks are considering different combos of trades that could vo- move veteran wing pack continent plus reserve guard Cameron Payne, sources said, to fortify. Uh, Payne fell out of Griffin's rotation, um, so his playing time could change with the change to Doc. But if Payne's circumstances don't improve, I'm paraphrasing some of this now, it would appear that veteran ball handler, handler would be amenable to a new situation where he could reclaim another chance at helping a bench unit compete. The combined 12.5 million salary between Condon and Payne would put Milwaukee in position to land several targets. Matisse Tyball, P.J. Tucker, Alex Caruso, all mentioned. Although Jake says that would be a dream outcome. Chicago has indicated they need multiple firsts if they move him at all. And then, uh, that's not happening. But anyway, uh no. DeJounte Murray and Bruce Brown are the loftier targets. The Bucks would have to include Portis. Um but, but, but there's just a sentence in here that makes no sense, but I, I'm just reading it too fast. <laughs> uh, the Bucks are considering a deal highlighted by the 35 pick probably isn't going to strike Atlanta's fancy for Murray, considering the Hawks at present are searching for a pair of firsts plus a starting-level player for the all-star point guard. The Raptors have posted an initial price of a first-round selection for Brown, sources said, after Toronto acquired him. A two-year, $45 million balloon payment team option contract is expected to dissuade several suitors, including Philly, sources said, from sacrificing that level of draft pick when Brown is considered a lower market player than his salary. For that, Brown appears to be a much stronger possibility for Milwaukee than Murray. Another player in the salary range, Bojan Bogdanovic, was a known target for the Bucks prior to last year's trade deadline. Uh horse front office features loyal lieutenants who all speak with reverence of his creativity and acumen. Replacing Griffin with Rivers appears to be the first trick up his sleeve. What will come next? An attempt to deliver the real magic that keeps a Tetacumpo under center stage. So some fun wordplay there from Fisher. But to sum up a bunch of stuff, the Bucks are shopping. They're slinging that pick. They're looking for a smaller Cotidon and Payne level salary acquisition or a bigger one that would also include Bobby Portis. And it sounds like Fisher is saying Bruce Brown is more acquirable. What are your thoughts on all of this, Rohan?
2: It's a lot. Uh, shout yeah. out Jake Fisher. Uh, Jake Fisher for that. It's good info. It's Great stuff from Jake. Right? It's, it's, it's very, worth, it's very good, good info. Closely. Um, it's a lot. I mean, having Brown be a more attainable target than Murray, I would prefer Dejounte Murray than Bruce yeah. Brown. Uh, but Bruce Brown, I feel like would help this team a lot. You uh, would slot in as a fifth starter, uh, as fits like a glove. And you'd be a guy who can take on those defensive assignments. He'd be a guy who can just like, you know, be a, be a defensive playmaker. You can ask for him. Uh, he clearly has the, the acumen. He was a big part of the Denver Nuggets title run last year. Uh, I wouldn't be, I would not be upset at all if the Bucs were able to get Bruce Brown. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's unlikely that they get either Brown or Murray. I feel like they're going to be more in that range of, What can Connaughton and Payne get us?
1: Yeah. Would you rather... Would you rather... Let's set it Caruso aside. Let's just assume it won't happen. Would you rather... So you said DeJounte first. Following that, would you rather get like a Tybal or DFS or Royce O'Neal kind of player for Connaughton and Payne or do Portis and Connaughton for Bruce Brown?
2: I almost might do like a... See, I, I I like that archetype of player in, in yeah. the, the Tybal, DFS, Royce O'Neal, but I don't like those players, if yeah. that makes any sense. Like, I'd like a guy like that, but not those three, you
1: know? So just a mythical, another player who's like them, but better.
2: Yes, exactly. That's like uh, like a Bruce Brown. <laughs> but, well, that's why I asked Bruce at, Brown or one of those guys. But the thing is, like, that's that's the thing is a salary. It's yeah. The salary issue because it's like if you if you have to give up Bobby Portis, does Bobby Portis have his issues with this team? Yes. Do I think he's, uh, like the end all be all for this team? No. Uh,
1: what if they sign Biz too? It all comes biz back to Big provi-
2: Biz. It it does come down to Big Biz, but also, who? Where does your bench scoring come from? Is it solely relying upon Malik Beasley? And
1: just staggering the other guys, yeah.
2: I guess. But you just lose like, fifty, like more than ten points a game.
1: Yeah, I mean, how much is Bruce Brown scoring right now?
2: Not, not too, not probably 10 that much. Or but, so? he, but he's not, he's not a guy. He's more of like a glue guy in a yeah. starting lineup than like a scorer. Yeah, Bobby Portis is Yeah, bees. Scorer. Then I think bees is your bench scorer at that point.
1: That's yeah, and of course, in, that's when what I was when asking. When, yeah, when you, and when you're healthy, it's bees and Chris which I think probably does enough for you.
2: He's and averaging four. Austin 12. Rivers. A- is, a- that, a- is that a- more a- than Bobby? Uh, I think Bobby's averaging like 13 or something. I know his number's down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 12.3. They're very similar.
1: <laughs> so you're not really losing that much scoring per game. I know what you mean, like self-created scoring. But you do have Beasley then to slide into that role. I think I would – I still put DeJounte first. I guess Similar it's minutes too. So that's what I'm saying, man. Like Bruce Brown is that little floater game that's honestly really good. I would prefer DeJounte and then Bruce Brown and then one of those players. Caruso would rate in higher than maybe either. Probably not DeJounte. I just think he's really good, actually. But higher than Brown for me, but I don't think that's likely.
2: I think I'd take Caruso over – or Bruce Brown over Alex Caruso. Am I hyping up Caruso too much? I think he he's a guy who unfortunately does have happen to have a lot of injuries. Uh,
1: I know. I bring that up every time and I, I f- I'm probably a broken record, but
2: it is concerning. Yeah, maybe you're it right. It is, it is a little concerning, con- and also like the Bulls just aren't going to make a trade. They, I know. Isn't isn't it true that the the Bulls haven't made a trade since 2020? Really? I think or 2021. It's been multiple years since they've made a trade.
1: Can I look this up quickly enough? Maybe. This is the last trade getting? Jabari. Maybe or in maybe it's in season trade. The, the, maybe the last trade was getting Jabari.
2: I think it was technically getting to Mar. Oh yeah, that was certainly a trade.
1: Oh boy, but this just they, recall. Let me put in trade.
2: Uh, but my point is, is that the Bulls don't really make a ton of trades, and yeah. they're more they're more likely to keep uh, the status quo rather than you know, sort of, you know, up uproot their entire team. I mean, Zach Levine's been like quietly wanting a trade for like a year and a half now. And he's still just there.
1: I don't believe they made any trades this season.
2: I'm going the last year. Um They just they haven't made they just they're not a team that makes a lot they of got trades the, they got draft
1: all. rights to someone, but like, yeah, I don't think they traded any veteran players. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um yeah. Bruce Brown would be really good, I think, and he would obviously start. And then Malik comes off the bench, and you need to sign a big. So whether it's Big Biz or someone else, I mean, if any Bobby trade, you just need to sign a big man. Unless Doc is a big Robin Lopez guy, in which case, God save us all.
2: Their last their last year, I pulled it up. Their last trade was August twenty eighth, twenty twenty one, where they traded the it was the sign and trade for Lowry Markinen. Oh yeah, they got Derek Jones Jr. And two picks. And then Portland got Larry Nance, Cleveland got Lowry Markinen. But before that, it's just in June, it was a draft rights thing. They got Julian Phillips yep. like a fake player for two second round picks.
1: I think he's still on the roster because yeah, they just never trade anyone. As well as was it ninety ninety seven drill or whatever? He's still there. He got a, a real contract actually. Drell. Remember? I when we watched about that Bulls Bucks game at
2: noon on a Sunday. Yeah, ninety-seven Drell. Uh, that was a preseason game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he got a real contract
1: uh, uh, or a two-way or something.
2: He's, he's shout there, out ninety-seven Drell. ninety-seven Drill. uh But yeah, the Chicago Bulls just don't make a ton of trades, which is my point. Trying to say that they're not, they're yeah. they're not very likely to make a Caruso trade, especially to the Bucks. Honestly, too,
1: it would be really interesting if the Raptors and Bucks traded. That also seems a little unlikely, but Toronto is kind of hoarding late, like mid to late picks in this upcoming draft so they could get 35 from portland too and then have just a ton of ammo to move around in this first round as they try to rebuild around scotty Barnes. yeah it's interesting especially doesn't want bruce brown i think it's because of the cap hold because as we talked about you can decline the team option and sign him pretty easily but he would count as a big cap hold which ruins maury's fetishized cap space so that's probably yeah
2: no for sure but yeah, I think I think I would do DeJounte, Bruce Brown, then you get into your Alex Caruso, your DFS, your, your Royce O'Neal, your Tybal. You're a Tybal hater. I don't
1: know. I've, I've read both that Doc loved and hated Tybal. I don't know which it is. Obviously, they have history. So he kind of,
2: yeah. He's either more Tyble or less Simon, likely. Philly. Yeah. I'd honestly figure less likely considering he fell out of his rotation. Yeah. But – Remains to be seen. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Doc Rivers coaches the Bucks. Uh, yep. <laughs> do we have Never anything forget. else we need to talk about?
1: I don't think so. Until as soon as we end this, we get some big news item. Um, but for now, nothing. To... Wait. Let me check. Let me do my customary around rumors times. Check the Bucks roster page and see if they put Doc on there yet.
2: I doubt it, considering the hire isn't official. But sometimes they they
1: slip up. No. It's still funny the only one who has a picture is Joe Prunty. Yeah.
2: Okay, apparently uh, I'm reading a article like it's a tell all behind the scenes oh, by boy. Ramona Shelburne and Jamal Collier of ESPN. Dude, there's so and much I, content about this. Um it's just like a the process and things like that. But here Oh, oh, wait. We have uh, a little bit about the the Doc Rivers uh Informal consulting process. Ooh. Peers, peers around the league saw the bubbling chaos and started calling Griffin to offer advice and support. Among them were former Memphis Grizzlies coach Lionel Hollins and ESPN analyst and former Philadelphia 76ers coach Doc Rivers, both of whom had a long personal history with Griffin and share the same coaching agent. That's interesting. Rivers had several conversations with Griffin over the past few months and became Something of an informal mentor for him. In parentheses, he will now succeed him as the head coach. Yeah, yeah, and that's it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe people read that as he poached his job. I feel like those guys tried.
2: Yeah, they they tried. I mean, like it's it's interesting. It's we gotta we it's a little bit of a conflicting because we saw from that initial athletic report by uh, Shams. We yeah. saw that it was meeting with Griffin at the team's behest, yeah. and now we have this where it says peers. Uh, they started calling Griffin to offer advice. So right. interesting sort of uh, discrepancy there. The
1: first doc press availability is just going to be fascinating.
2: Yeah. Every part of it. Hopefully he gets asked about <laughs>
1: I think he's going to get asked about We'll see how much he says. I hope they live stream it so I can see all of it, but... But for now I think that is all we've got to cover as we await yep. the official start of the Doc Rivers era in Milwaukee.
2: I feel a little bit better. I feel a little Good. bit better. I'm just I'm just a little It still stings. Yeah. It That's still fair. stings. But Doc Rivers It's your it's your it's your boat now. Let's let's see what you can do, man. It's your I'll tell you what though. ER I'll now. tell you what. The the potential the potential um, uh, ammo against Sixers and Celtics uh series where it's like, man, you guys lost to Doc Rivers. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> well I have seen there's like a hilarious undertone to a lot of the stuff I see from Sixers fans where it's like so funny, hilarious. If we lose to Doc, I will actually stop rooting for the Sixers. And I, I think that is that would be tremendous content.
2: It would be it would be tremendous content if something, something good where it's to
1: leave like- you with. Oh. In 2021, the Bucks never held a 3-1 lead. They know how to do this without even getting in that position. <gasps>
2: when you oh, lose man. the first oh.
1: two games of the series, you can't really blow the series, Rohan.
2: That's fair. That's fair. You know, so that's really fair. The Bucks are the Bucks are not
1: new to this. They're true to this.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes me feel bad. <laughs> well, it's okay.
1: They it, it, it is only what it is. They had a 3 1 lead, I think, like twice in the, in the like over the Bud era. I think Orlando, uh, I think and Chicago.
2: Chicago. Oh, yeah, those Boston, are the only games they. Boston. The first. Boston as well. When yep. their,
1: their win against Boston when they won in five. They were down 0 1.
2: 2019. Yeah. And then 2020 in the bubble against Orlando. Yep. And then 2022 against Chicago.
1: Yeah, did all three um, times they lost the first game, or no? Chicago they lost the second game. Chicago they lost the second game when Chris got hurt. So they were one and one every time, but then went up three one and one.
2: Yes. Um, so
1: those series you got to watch out for. But three I mean, one looks to, good to be fair, after when the, last playoffs.
2: I'll tell you what: when the Bucks have, when in the in their last like six years now, in their actual good era, yeah. Uh, whenever they've had uh, won three games in a series, they've always won the series. So no. Celtics slash Celtics. Oh, Celtics. And Celtics in 22. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, cool. My points. So, <laughs> they never led through. That actually that. makes me feel better. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll leave you for now. Who knows? We might do a fourth pod <laughs> if something crazy happens. Dude, uh, I but We'll leave this. you with this. If,
1: if, they, if they hire stats, we'll do another pod. Ah,
2: we'll I don't see. know how we'll <laughs> fill it up, but we'll do it. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll leave you here and say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep, Eurostep WoW here on BlueWire and GSPN. I've been doing this intro to, to uh, outro <laughs> WoW. Okay, I'm, I'm cooked. I'm cooked. Rohan
1: Blue 3-1 podcast outro lead. I did.
2: <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you are subscribed wherever you're listening or watching this, uh, whether on your podcast platform of choice or on YouTube. Make sure you check out gspn.info. The Discord is a blaze popping whatever <laughs> term you want to use. Uh so if you want to get in on that, the the link is at gspn.info as well as links to all of our other podcasts here at the network. Uh, we know win and six, which will be on this feed if you're listening to this on your podcast platform of choice. That'll be on this feed. There we'll have an episode upcoming soon, uh, as well as the Packers podcast. Talk of the Tundra if you want to like debrief about the Packers season. Hey, Brewers news too. Brewers and yeah, Packers. Listen to Cruise. Yeah, Brewers and Packers News. I completely forgot about the Packers news. But Brewers News, if you want to hear about Reese Hoskins signing uh with the Milwaukee Brewers rather than the Chicago Cubs. Big make sure you listen to make sure you listen to Cruising for a Brews and links at GSPN.info. And Packers News, Joe Barry, defensive coordinator, will not be returning. It's just been it's been a whirlwind of Wisconsin sports for the last uh day and a half-ish. It's been crazy. Uh, I, I'm involved with the coverage of all of these and I'm forgetting things. <laughs> and, uh, so make sure you just check out gspn.info for all of those fun podcasts. And yeah, pod random, and we'll talk to you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.